0: Thank you for that good worship this morning. Our King, sitting on a throne, come let us adore Him, and nothing's to be compared by Him. This morning, I want to pick up where I left off last week. And I had the privilege to talk last week about... uh, the coming, the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we finished with that. And today, I want to just emphasize a couple of things that I have been emphasizing. And that is, uh, God has a plan. He has a plan for each of our lives. He has a plan for this world that we're living in, and one day He is going to carry out all of His plans. We live in a world today where people want to press the panic button and say that life can't exist on earth in 10 or 20 years. That's foolish. Uh, the Lord has told us His plan, and I assure you that His plan will be fulfilled to the last jot and tittle. Every bit of it will come to pass. And so, as we think about looking ahead, and that's one of the things that a good education gives us, is that we ought to learn today and look ahead for tomorrow with it. And in the scriptures, We need to find out what God has said and where mankind is headed. And this morning, uh, we want to look at last week, Christ came back, and we want to talk about his time on earth. Now, think of this with me as you think about following the end times. Christ took upon himself the form of a little baby. The virgin birth of Christ. God takes upon himself the form of man. Why? To show man what God is like. And Christ is going to have that body that he took on forever. It's the same one they crucified. It's the same body that rose again from the dead. And last week we talked about him appearing on a white horse, and he comes with an army from heaven, and he destroys the nations of the world at the Battle of Armageddon. And now Christ is here on earth, and he is going to rule and reign for a thousand years. A perfect ruler, perfect conditions, worship, justice, behavior, compassion. Jesus Christ will reign during the millennium but one of the messages of Christ is going to be very important and very real in the millennium. It only saved people enter the millennium. Then children and children and their children, the words of Jesus become very important. You must be born again. A person needs a rebirth, to become a child of God, whether it's in the kingdom or not. This kingdom is a theocracy. God is going to rule over the affairs of men in a very direct way. And you remember, Satan is locked up for a thousand years after his defeat at Armageddon, and his minions are out of circulation. This morning in the psalm we read, a couple of words came up about peace and righteousness, and those are going to be the characteristics of Christ's rule on earth. And you know, the Bible says he's going to rule with a rod of iron. Uh, it's interesting as you think about this time that Christ is going to rule on earth and how he's, what he's going to do. Zephaniah 3.9 tells us that there will be one world language. Now you remember there was one world language until the Tower of Babel, then the confusion of the tongues that we live in today, and in the millennium when Christ comes back, There will be one language, and as we think about Christ, last week we thought about his return in the book of Daniel chapter 12, 11 and 12, it talks about those 75 days between uh, Christ's return and the beginning of the millennium, uh, the purging of the temple, and then the judgment of the sheep and the goat nations going to take place. And you remember that the angels, Matthew 24 and 25, the angels go to the four corners of the earth, and they bring every human being left before the Lord. And those people uh, will be judged, the sheep are believers. And the goats are unbelievers, and they're going to be judged by the Lord Jesus himself. And the unsaved will be cast into torment and waiting for the great white throne judgment. And it in Revelation 19, 17 through 21, uh, you see the birds helping clean up and do the burial for that great battle that has just taken place. Everyone going into the millennium will realize that God is a God of love, He's a God of justice, and He has a chosen nation and that nation is Israel, and they will have preeminence during this time of Christ's ruling on earth. The earth will be a agricultural paradise. As I said last week, and we looked at all the earthquakes, the probability of being one landmass during the uh, millennial reign of Christ I believe is quite high David King David is going to rule under Christ one of the things that puzzles you as you look at the millennium there are going to be glorified people there i.e. people who have passed from this life into the presence of the Lord and they're going to have their glorified bodies then There will be people just like you and I who know Christ, and they're going to be the main focus of the millennium. Uh, The world will worship at Jerusalem. They'll worship Christ. Listen to Zechariah chapter 14, verse 16. Then everyone who survives of all the nations that have come against Jerusalem shall go up year after year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of Booths. In the millennium, there's gonna be a whole lot greater Jewish flavor than we're used to today. And that's going to, to be preeminent Uh, Isaiah 45, 23 says, uh, to me every knee shall bow and every tongue will swear allegiance. The glory of God will be manifested in the millennial reign of Christ. Uh, The presence of God will be very sharp not only in the lives of individuals that are filled with the Spirit of God but at the temple, and the presence of God will be present uh, throughout the millennial reign of Christ, the fullness of the Spirit, uh, Pentecost, the Holy of Holies, there will be an incredible presence of the Lord and uh, worship and the Lord in the lives of believers in a heightened sense, as even as we uh, understand it today. And then it's interesting to know that part of the curse is removed in the millennial rule and reign of Christ. You remember in Genesis 3, he cursed the ground, and thorns and thistles and, and animals became wild and vicious. Listen to Isaiah 35, nine. No lion shall be there nor shall any raven, ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there but redeemed the, where the redeemed shall walk. Isaiah 65 25, the wolf and the lamb shall raise, graze together. Now, we couldn't imagine that happening today, could we? Uh, the wolf, right in the middle of the sheep. Uh, the lion shall eat straw like the ox, the dust shall be in the serpent's food. Even a passage of scripture saying, Young children will play with adders. They shall not hurt or destroy in all the holy mountains, says the Lord. Get the picture? Animals are going to be very gentle, very compatible to human beings. Sickness will be removed, healing of the deformed. life-long reproduction. I'm gonna say something about the group that went into the millennium in just a minute, but can you imagine living to be 900 years old, or th- over 1,000, some will. Have the great physician present, the Prince of Peace and uh, can you imagine how large your family would be after 500 years or 1,000? Now, this is one of the unique things, long life. If you look back before the flood, people lived to be very old, I think in the millennium, there's going to be a similar reproduction of the life, the environment that people had before the flood. This will not be a time characterized by idleness. People will work and they will have a perfect economic system. God will abundantly provide by labor for people. They'll be under the guidance of the king and there will be agriculture and manufacturing in in an incredible way. Now, when you think about starting into the millennium At least, last week we looked at this, 60% or more of the world population will die in God's judgment, the tribulation period on the nations. That's what the scriptures teach. And then, as you think about just getting started into Christ's rule and reign on the earth. by the way, if you want to learn about the millennial hope of Israel, the rule and reign, uh, the prophets are just filled with little tidbits about hope for the future. And one of the problems that humanity will face when the millennium begins is that there will be a severe shortage of men as the millennium begins. Isaiah 24, four through six, the earth mourns and fades away. The world languishes and fades away. The haughty people of the earth languish. The earth is also defiled under its inhabitants because they have transgressed the laws and changed the ordinances and broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore, curse has devoured the earth and those who dwell in it are desolate. And I'm telling you, when the tribulation ends, that's going to be the assessment of people for the earth. Now listen to this. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned and few men are left. Isaiah 13:12. I will make mortal more rare than mortality, more rare than fine gold. A man more than the golden wedge of Ophir. And that was a place they got gold from. And he says, men are going to be worth more than that. Now, this last one is, in Isaiah 4, 1, 1 is, is a very puzzling verse. And in that day, seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, We will eat our own food, wear our own apparel, only let us be called by your name. Take away our reproach. Then you read in Ezekiel 36, 37 where people were praying for, the Jews were, for the increase of our people. So there's going to be a shortage of a lot of things when the millennium begins, and in the thousand during that thousand years, things are going to become very, very good for all living on the earth. Another thing that uh, is fascinating—some fascinating, fascinating verses—the increase of light, uh, the increase of solar and lunar light in that age. Uh, Isaiah 30. Verse 26 says this Moreover, the light of the moon shall be as light of the sun, and the light of the sun will be sevenfold as the light of seven days in the days when the Lord binds up the brokenness of his people and heal the wounds afflicted by his blow. Now, are a lot of perfect things going to come to pass in the millennium, but the big problem in the millennium is found in Galatians, the fifth chapter. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolater, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and like things. I warn you, as I've warned you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. When you think the devil's locked up for a thousand years, Christ has got a perfect system of rule, there's perfect justice, the, an incredible climate, very fertile lands, and yet there are great problems in the millennium. Why? Because of the heart of man. That's why those born in the millennium need to be born again, because they were born with an old nature, one that rebels against God. You know, as you think about uh, God's perfection of the book uh, in, in the Bible, uh, the perfection of his rule on earth, there's never been a time like it. And people are going to frequently get to hear Christ speak. They'll be in his presence. They're going to hear your testimony and my testimony as the church that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through his Son. And the millennium is going to be really amazing. Glorified bodies, people in it. Earthly people in it. And Christ will be present and premier above all. And then if you would turn in your Bibles... To Revelation 20, I, I want us to see when the when the rule of Christ is over on earth, what happens? Every time I read this, I'm in shock because I just you just can't believe uh, this is taking place. Uh, in Revelation 20. And in verse 7. And when the thousand years. Are ended. Satan will be released. From his prison. And will come out. To deceive the nations. That. uh, That are at the four corners. Of the earth. Gog. And Magog. Together them for battle. So Satan's intent was, is, and will be to overthrow and destroy the plan of God. So when he's released out of the bottomless pit, he comes with great vengeance, and he goes all over the earth, and listen to this, the army he recruits, their number is like the sand of the sea. Now, think with me just a minute. You've seen Christ, you've heard him, and that may be all, you've known all your life, you've went to Jerusalem to worship. And when it came time, you believed Satan's lie You followed him. Now notice what the scripture says. They marched over the broad plain of the earth, surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city in Jerusalem, and fire came down from heaven and consumed them. And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. That's the last war to take place on planet Earth. Then God's program continues to move on. In Revelation 20 and verse 11, the next verse there, look at that. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it from his presence earth and heaven fled no place was found for them. An incredible things happening here a great white throne and Christ is sitting on that throne and the significance of this is that every unbeliever from Cain on will be standing before Jesus Christ, the creator of heavens and earth. And notice what this passage says. I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, Now you know, there are some people who have this foolish idea that I won't have to stand before God. I'm telling you, every person God made, every person he created, someday will get the privilege to stand before him. And notice here, they're standing before the throne, and the books, plural, were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. There's the books, and he says, the dead were judged by what was written in the books. You know, a lot of people think they can slander and blasphemy God. I'm, I'm telling you, The God who made us knows every thought, every word, every deed that we have done, and he doesn't miss a thing. And for people who don't know Christ, they will be accountable for all their disobediences to God. And notice he goes on to say the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. And each of them were judged. You know, one of the things that we need to remember is men, is human beings. Every one of us are going to stand before our creator God. And then they're judged cast into the lake of fire, and look at ver- and they call that the second death. Look at verse 15. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. I don't have time to get into this this morning, but let me just tell you, before you were born, when God designed each one of us, He placed us in the book of life. God had a good plan and a good intention for us. And when people rebel against God, their name will be taken from the book of life. And then the last one in the 21st chapter of Revelation, the first few verses here, notice... Verse 1, and I saw the new heavens, the new heaven it's literally heavens, and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they'll be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. I remind you, A quick review from the book of Genesis, chapter 1 and 2. Why did God create the heavens and the earth? And earth is the only place in the universe humanity can exist. And God did all that, and he put Adam and Eve there so he could fellowship with them. Now look at the end of things. He does all this, and he says, the dwelling place of God's with man, and he is going to be with them forever. Now, what did he send down here? He sent down the new heavens and the new earth. That word new is interesting. In Genesis, new was an object that did not exist and now it is. The word that's used here, Canos, is an ob- the object was there, but it, its quality has changed, it's better, it's more beautiful, and it's different. This is an incredible new heavens. Now notice, he says, new heavens. Uh, Every once in a while, I get real excited about Canis Majoris. Some of you know what Canis Majoris is. It's the last star they saw. It is uh, about 4,000 900 light years away from the earth, and they say a billion of our suns could fit into it. Now, the new heavens, you go out, look at the stars, and all at night, and every one of them are going to get a remodel. They're going to be more beautiful more gorgeous than they are and God has an eternal purpose for that, the new heavens. I'll let you figure that out, I'm thinking on it. Then the new earth, it's going to be a beautiful new earth and coming down hovering over it is the new Jerusalem. a a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's about 1,400, 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles, big square, the dwelling place for the saints. I think it's totally interesting that the 12 gates around that new Jerusalem, named after the 12 tribes of Israel. For those who say God is through with Israel, That's a problematic passage for them. God's not through with the Jews. He'll fulfill every one of his uh, promises to Abraham. He won't miss miss a lick. Now, we've run out of time. So let's think about how knowing the future will affect your life. When you know and believe that God's going to do what he says he's going to do, how does that affect our lives today? How real is Jesus Christ in your understanding of prophecy? I hope from the virgin birth on, when you think of Christ, you think of the one who suffered and bled and died, rose again from the dead, he came back, to rule a thousand years. And I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is going to have a physical body throughout eternity, and he is going to rule and reign, and we can trust him. And most of all, if you don't know where you're going to go when you die, friends, I'm telling you that God's told us the truth. Uh, we can trust the promises of God. And it's a miracle when anybody comes to know Christ. Jesus says you must be born again. Do you know how that's described in the Scripture? We pass from death to life, spiritual death to spiritual life. And, and it is such an exciting thing when you know in your heart, you have peace in your heart, that you have a personal relationship with Christ, and you know, uh, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, oh, death, where's your sting? The sting of death is gone, because you know that when you know Christ is your Savior, we pass from... Uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And then God's so good to us, he's going to pick that old body up out of the grave, and we're going to have a glorified body forever. And the best I can do quickly is to tell you, it's like his glorious body. After he rose from the dead, what was his body like? That's the kind we're going to get. And you know, when I get to heaven, I expect to recognize all my friends. Heaven's a real place. God's given us real hope. And may we take these truths and use them for the glory of Christ. Shall we pray? Father, this morning... We have flew through these incredible things, but we believe that you are real and you are really going to do everything you've promised in your word. And so we pray that this morning the Spirit of God would work in each of our hearts, create a deeper devotion for each of us to love and follow and serve Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just pray, if there's anyone here this morning who's not sure of where they'll be spending eternity, we pray that you would work in their hearts and draw them to yourself, we ask. Now, Lord, we know you are glorified, you will be glorified, and we pray that today you would be high and uplifted in each of our lives we ask it in Christ's name, Amen. Amen. Let's.